Well, good evening. This is Kevin Sheldon with One Love Ministries, and welcome to the podcast, Under the Influence. So last time, we kind of explained a little bit about who we are, where the ministry comes from, uh, just went over a few introduction things, but uh, tonight, my heart is, I really want to get into something. Uh, like I said on the last one, you know, over the time of doing this, we'll, we'll get into my past and uh, some of the other some of the other things and just different stuff, you know, to relate with everybody. Like I said, we're, we're out to reach real people. We're out to uh, go after the people that maybe you've been offended by the church, you know, maybe you've been let down by the church. Maybe this whole idea or this concept of God is just, uh, you know, got you baffled or got you hurt, or maybe you're angry at God. Maybe you're mad at God. Maybe you feel like God did something that, that you hold him accountable for, which, by the way, he's big enough to handle your anger. Um, he just wants you to bring it to him. Um, but tonight, what I want to talk to you about, and, you know, when I deal with coming out of drug addiction, when I came out of drug addiction, when I came off of things like that, one of the things no one really ever, people put the word of God out there. People said, you know, this is what the Bible says, but not a lot of people really put a lot of emphasis on the fact that, I've got to put my work in, that I'm going to have to make my mind up. You know, the Bible says this. The Bible says that nobody sets out to build anything without first counting the cost. It also says without a vision, you will perish. So what does that tell you? It tells you if you don't know where you're going and, and why you're going there, if you don't know what you're doing and why you're doing it, you're not going to do it long. You know, it's not going to last. So you have to have a vision or you'll perish. In the book of Hosea, chapter 4, verse 6, it tells you that without knowledge, it says, because my people perish from a lack of knowledge. Knowledge is God's word. So it's telling you that you're perishing because you're not getting the word of God. Um, and then also it's saying that without a vision, you perish. It also says if you don't count the cost, you're not going to know what it's going to cost you to get something. Uh, I've, I've shared this statement with people and I believe it to be 100% true that God does not make chairs. God makes trees. We make chairs, which means we've got to put the work in and we've got to know what it's going to cost us to get somewhere. You're going to have to fight for this thing. If you're going after sobriety, yes, there's grace and yes, there's mercy. And yes, the God, the creator of this universe, uh, is with you, but you still have to put your work in. You still have to make your mind up, and a mind made up is a battle won. One of the things that I've seen over my lifetime of getting clean and coming out of drugs and coming out of a, a wrecked home or a wrecked past is people forget that what is just as important as being where you are when you're supposed to be there is not being where you're not supposed to be when you're not supposed to be there. And I'm going to explain that to you tonight. Uh, maybe you've heard of David in the Bible. Maybe you haven't. Uh, for the ones that have, you know who I'm talking about. If you're new to the whole Christian world, you're not sure who David was. David was the mightiest king that ever reigned. Uh, he was the man that God said was after his own heart. David loved the Lord with everything in him, served him with everything in him. He was one of the greatest kings that ever um, that was ever throughout the Bible. And his son was considered to be the wisest man that ever walked the face of the earth, uh, Solomon. And so, but I want to share something with you. The biggest fall that David ever had, the biggest fall David ever had, and the area that David had the most problems was the one area that he never shared with God, which was over a woman. It was over a woman, Bathsheba, and it was when he was where he wasn't supposed to be doing what he wasn't supposed to be doing. 
And that's what I want to share with you guys tonight. And it's in the Bible, and it's it's in the it's in the book of Samuel. Samuel, there's several books. It's in the second book of Samuel, and it's chapter 11. And what I want to talk to you about is going to be verses 1 through 5. And again, like I said, what we're talking about is not being where you're not supposed to be when you're not supposed to be there. If you're trying to handle your business, if you're trying to get your life together, if you're trying to fix your marriage, if you're trying to fix your relationship, if you're trying to mend things with your kids, if you're trying to get off a bottle, if you're trying to put down a dope pipe, if you're trying to keep a needle out of your arm, whatever the case is, whatever you're fighting in life, whatever you're trying to do, you've got to put your work in and you've got to realize when you're supposed to be working, when you're supposed to be pressing in, and when you can relax, and when you have time to do things. There's seasons. If you're trying to get your life together, and if you're trying to, to do all this stuff and, and change your ways, it's not going to happen by sitting on your couch and telling everybody your problems. It's not going to happen by blaming everybody for everything that's going on in your life. It's going to happen by putting your work in. It's going to happen by you going and you doing the work. God will grace you. God will meet you where you're at. But you've got to put your work in. What's he say? For every step you take to me, you draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. But God doesn't mess with your free will, which means you have to make the choice first. You have to decide to do that thing. And so just speaking on the terms of I want to show you what happens, even with a king, even with a mighty man, you, you relate it to today's uh, society. You know, God was a kingdom. We live in a democracy. They're really two different things. But uh, say the president of the United States was somewhere doing what he wasn't supposed to do when he wasn't supposed to be doing it. The outcome's not good. So that's what we're going to talk about. Again, we're in 2 Samuel 11, 1 through 5. And let me share this with you, okay? Here's what it says. It says, in the spring at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the the Ammonites, and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. Now, did you guys catch what I just said? Let me read it again. 11 and 1, 2 Samuel. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, what is David? He is a king. What is it saying that kings do right now? They go off to war. So already, right off the rip, what do we know? We know David's a king. We know kings go off to war right now. And we know where's he supposed to be and what's he supposed to be doing. He's supposed to be out at war and he's supposed to be with his people. So it says, in the spring at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the uh, Ammonites and besieged Rabbah and David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. So let's stop and let's go over this a minute. So now we know David's where he's not supposed to be doing what he's not supposed to be doing. Second, it says one evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof. So what does that tell you? So you're, you're a king. You're supposed to be out at war. You're supposed to be out with your men. You're supposed to be about your business right now, but you're at home laying on your bed to the point where it's evening and you're just now getting up. So how do we relate this to our life? If you're trying to get your life together and if you're trying to get to a place in life and you can't say you're putting your work in, you can't say you're doing everything and you're trying your hardest if it's evening time and you ain't even where you're supposed to be doing what you're supposed to be doing and you're just now getting up out of bed to, to leisurely walk around, 
Come on, I'm trying to find real people. I'm trying to talk to someone that's going to hold yourself accountable and, and latch onto this thing like a pit bull and don't let go and get what God has for you in life. Stop coming only so far in your life to only get that far and then give it all up thinking that it's too hard. It ain't too hard. You just stop putting your work in at some point in time. Everybody else, it ain't their job to put the work in for you. It's your job to put the work in for you. And I'm trying to encourage you that. I'm trying to remind you, listen, people are going to let you down. People do give up on you. People do tell you they're going to do things and they don't do them. But you got to push and you got to dig deep and you got to remind yourself and you got to stir yourself up in God and know what you're doing and why you're doing it. And you got to remind yourself who you are in God and that he didn't bring you this far to only bring you this far. So I'm trying to share some wisdom with you on the fact of don't find yourself in a place doing what you're not supposed to be doing when you're not supposed to be there. There are serious consequences. I'm going to show you that. This is a, this is a guy that was after God's own heart. It did not change the fact that there were consequences. People, people misunderstand consequences with grace. Uh, Let's say two teenagers go and, and they have sex outside of marriage. They're young. They get pregnant. There's a baby on the way, and they go and they say, God, please forgive me for uh, having sex outside of marriage. It, does God forgive them? Yeah, he forgives them. Does it change the fact that there's a baby on the way? No, it doesn't. There's still a consequence of sin. Now, living for God, he'll grace that. He'll help them along the way if they choose to live their life for God. But sin has consequence, and not everything that we keep putting on God is God's fault, people. Some of it's ours. And so this wasn't God's fault what happened to David. Not at all. It's David's fault. He wasn't where he was supposed to be doing what he was supposed to be doing. So one evening, David got up from his bed and he walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. We're in verse 3 now. David sent someone to find out about her. The man said she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam and the wife of Uriah. And Uriah was David's right-hand man, by the way. Uh, it was like his, his, the next guy under David, serving David, uh, which he was sent out to war. Then David sent messengers to get her. So here we go. We're already compromising. We're not where we're supposed to be doing what we're supposed to be doing. Now we're getting up. We're lazy. We're hanging around the house. We're just getting up in, in, the, mid, you know, in the midday hour when we're supposed to be about our business. Now we just found out word. He should have known right then. Leave this alone. You know, you're, you're compromising everything that you stand for and everything that you've done to this point. And what does he do? What does he do? Then David sent messengers to get her. Then he made a horrible decision that will change the rest of his life. So he sent messengers to get her. The man said, she's Bathsheba. David sent messengers to get her. Verse 4. She came to him and she, and she slept, uh, and he slept with her. Sorry. Verse 4. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him and he slept with her. Now she was purifying herself from the monthly uncleanliness, her period. Uh, nowadays, modern terms, a woman's cycle. Then she went back home, or from, she was cleaning herself from, from, I guess, the sex. I'm sorry, I misread that. But from the uncleanliness, but it says monthly cycle. One way or another, she was cleaning herself um, after they had had sex. And then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. So there you have it. Now, let's just take in one afternoon, you're talking the king, the king, I mean, he's, everything he's accomplished, he's been anointed by God, everything, all, all that, all that this has come to, 
And look at the look at just the 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 cost of compromise, the cost of not staying focused, the cost of not putting the work in. I mean, maybe he was tired. Maybe he figured I've done all this up to this point. I deserve some time off. Maybe he started believing the biggest lie the enemy's telling each and every one of you today: this self entitlement that the world owes you something when the world doesn't owe you or me anything. Life is hard. Whoever told you life isn't hard, that you should let them know that uh, they don't need to be telling you them lies because life is hard. It was hard yesterday. It's hard today. Tomorrow's going to have its challenges. God will grace you. God will help us. But life absolutely is hard. It's easier when we do it together. We were designed for community. So whatever reason kept David at home, the bottom line is David made, he made the decision to be somewhere he shouldn't have been, doing what he shouldn't have been doing, instead of being where he was supposed to be, doing what he was supposed to be doing. So, real quick, I'm going to go back over these five verses and just let you hear it without me having to stop, break it down, and just let this sink in, okay? So, in the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab uh, out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and and besieged Rabbi, But David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and he walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. And David sent someone to find out about her. And the man said, she's Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him and he slept with her. Now she was purifying herself from her monthly uncleanliness. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and said and sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. So what we find is that through David's compromise and through him, you know, being where he wasn't supposed to be, doing what he wasn't supposed to be doing, I mean, my God, the the absolute outcome of that, it's horrible. So much more goes on to happen, and we will talk about it in other podcasts. But the main thing I want you to get here. It's guys, there's times in life you're going to be tired and you've got to get up. There's going to be times in life where you feel like you're alone and you're not. God is with you, but you've got to encourage yourself through them times. You've got to stir yourself up in them times. You've got to say, you know what? People did let me down, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to push forward. People did say they were going to help me that didn't help me, but I'm going to push forward. People did stab me in my back enough. I got enough knives in my back to make a map, but you know what? I'm going to push forward because... On the other side of that, on the other side of that resistance is breakthrough. But you cannot have breakthrough without first breaking out of something. You know, if I'm on one side of a wall and everything that I need is on the other side of that wall, I'm not going to have break out of that place until I break through that wall. And it's going to take some work. It's going to take gathering some tools, putting some work in, putting some effort in. I might hurt my hand. You know, here, here's two of the biggest. I'm going to share a secret with you. Two of the biggest tools the enemy is using today that I watch it just take people out time after time after time is first, self-entitlement, uh, thinking that people owe you something that don't owe you anything. The, the, the devil wants to make you think that you have a reason to be upset with everybody around you or that people just don't understand. Look, it, <laughs> they may not understand. And you still got to press on. They, they may, they, maybe they shouldn't have been that way to you, but you can't let that determine where you go with your own life. The second thing, you know, one of the second other biggest tools that I see happen in life, um, you know, is, is basically the blind side of life, but it's called variable 
change. And let me explain what I mean. So say that I sit there and I say, okay, I'm going to get my life together and I'm going to do this, 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 and this, you know, and, and I, and I, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to focus on this and I'm going to get this out of my life and I'm going to get that person out of my life. Well, what we don't count on and what we don't ever think about is that variable change. So say that I'm in a happy marriage and say that I think everything's going good and say that I'm after God and I've just given my life to God and everything's good. And I come home and, and maybe I find my wife with some other man. Maybe I'm a wife and I come home and I find my, my, my husband with some other man. Or maybe I come home and realize one of my kids are on drugs. Or maybe I run into that old drug, you know, drug buddy I used to run around with. And next thing you know, I'm having a bad day. I'm not in a good mood. I've been really tempted to do drugs lately. And now here's the perfect opportunity for me to get high again. It's called variable change. The things we don't think about when we, when we have our plans set there, that's the other biggest tool is when these things come along you can't let it derail you you can't let compromise derail you and you know what if you're where you're supposed to be doing what you're supposed to be doing and you know that you're where you're at where you're supposed to be and doing what you're supposed to be doing you don't have to worry about compromise because you know that you're doing the right thing you know what happened to david variable change you think he stayed back in anticipation to find her on the roof no he didn't he didn't stay back to say, I'm going to sleep with Bathsheba. He just stayed back for whatever reason. He decided not to be where he was supposed to be. Kings were supposed to be out at war. It's the season when kings go to war. He sent his men instead. So what happens now? He's at home. He's lazy. He compromised. He's not staying on track with what it's going to take. Another thing is, in life, whatever it takes to get something, it takes at least that much to keep it. So David put all this effort in you know, to become king, and he's not doing what it took to, to maintain that because if he was he would have been out to war when kings are out to war so what happened the variable change was he sees this beautiful woman on the roof everybody that could hold him accountable is nowhere to be found and now he has the perfect opportunity to make a bad decision and compromise and feed the feed something negative and, and he did and and it costed him greatly um and so that's my encouragement, guys. That's the encouragement today is I want you guys to dig deep and I want you guys to know I'm not sitting here telling you if you accept Christ in your life that it's going to be a lightning bolt uh, experience and that the moment you say, God, uh, uh, you know, be in my heart, be in my life, that everything in your life is going to get easier and that it's all going to go away and you're not going to have to put any work in or put any effort in. It's not that way. It's just not that way, my friend. Life's not that way. But God being with you and God gracing you, it does get easier. And the more that you stick to the, you know, stick to the program and do what you're supposed to be doing when you're supposed to be doing it, when you're doing that and you're serving God and, and you're pressing into God, life gets easier because a lot of things change. Your heart changes. Your motives change. Your thoughts change. Um, again, everything going back to the way we think and the way we do things there's so much that we're going to cover there's so much i want to say and you know this podcast stuff it's it's new for me and i'm used to talking to uh live you know people there in person um and so there's so much i want to share with everybody because honestly guys these things that i'm sharing with you they're not just good ideas that i came across it's not like oh this makes sense I'm sharing stuff with you guys that helped me get off of meth. I'm sharing stuff with you guys that helped me uh, get off of heroin. I'm sharing stuff with you guys that helped me uh, press through times in life when every single thing was falling apart. 
You know, I've been through divorce. I've been through drug addiction. I've been through being locked up. I've been through abusive homes and growing up as a children, be, being abused. And I've been a, a father that hasn't been there for my own kids. I have been, I've been all the worst things, you know, and I feel like it gives me some kind of validation to share something with somebody because I'm living a life where I have succeeded. Um, I'm living a life where I have overcome addiction. I'm living a life where I am being the father that I should have been. I am, I'm at a place where I am being the son or the brother that I should have been. Um, and so my encouragement is please hear my heart. I'm not, I'm not harping at you, I'm not judging you. I, I really am just trying to share some truths with you that other people, they may not say. You know, um, it's easy to go into church and I, I say it a lot. I tell pastor friends of mine a lot. I say, guys, I think you should be more transparent with your congregation. I think that you should talk more about your issues and the things that you face and the reality of life on life's terms from the pulpit. Some do, some don't. My goal is to be straight up with you. My goal is to be honest with you and to encourage you from, uh, from a place that I came through because I know how dark it can be, guys. I know how hard it can be. I know what it feels like to want to give up. I know what it feels like to, to not have another ounce of energy to, to make one more step in front of you. But um, I also know what it takes to get to the other side of that. And I know how powerful God is. And I know that, one, I could not have done it without God. First and foremost, I couldn't have done it without God. And uh, God has taught me a lot along the way in this thing called our lives. And that's my hardest to share it with you. So my encouragement again, guys, don't, don't find yourself being where you're not supposed to be when you're not supposed to be there okay no matter how tired you are no matter how wore out you are no matter how much you feel like giving up you press in you press in the bible says pain comes in the night but joy comes in the morning okay every storm runs out of rain eventually you press in and you keep stirring yourself up and you remember god is faithful god has your back you remember god to god you are valuable there is a God of this universe that is madly in love with each and every one of you. He absolutely has a plan for your life. You can read it in the Bible. In the book of Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, the 11th verse, you will see what God's plans are for your life. So that's what we leave you with this evening is we leave you with that. Don't be where you're not supposed to be doing what you're not supposed to be doing. Go and be where you're supposed to be doing what you're supposed to be doing in the season that you're in. And remember... To God, you are extremely valuable. We love you guys. We believe in you. And we will talk to you on the next one.